Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 44. Horror, comics, wrestling, video games. Load complete. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Amazing Nerd Show. Happy fucking Halloween. Yes. That's right. Christian, are you going trick-or-treating? No. I'm sure? I've frowned upon it. Oh, anyone my age should not be trick-or-treating. <laughs> Unless Christian they have a child is, with them. What are you, in your mid-20s? Yeah. When's the last time you went trick-or-treating? I stopped trick-or-treating around 16. Okay. That's pretty old. <laughs> like one of those dudes who come up my door, like with a beard and a pillowcase. Asking hey, for candy. I still dressed up. Trick or treat. I still dressed up. I think I was maybe like thirteen or fourteen. Mm. I think like like what freshman year I like stopped. I was just a little too old for it, but you know, my girlfriend and her friends didn't stop till twenty. Twenty. Yes. Man, and that's just because they haven't. I think I've just had closed time the door. Like, <laughs> like no. Sorry. I'll take the eggs to the house. It's all right. I will say I'm one of those people that really enjoys handing out candy to kids and everything. Like, I like... Um, Not from a van or anything. No. no. <laughs> For Halloween. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like, I'll usually have music playing, and I'll talk to them about their costumes, ask them stuff. So it's, you know. Do you give extra candy to, like, someone who, like, went all out? Yes. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. I We don't get many trick-or-treaters, so, like, mm. I always end up giving out, like, handfuls of candy. <laughs> um, but, like, now it's difficult because I've got a four-year-old, so we're always out mm. when trick-or-treaters are. So I'm terrified that my house is going to get egged because no one's home. Mm. You know, even though we're all decked out, you know, you, you assume that means someone's going to be home with candy. So, I don't know, man. I'm waiting for that time to come back home and seeing, like, my house just covered it with eggs. Good and I don't want to be one of those guys who put out the bowl of candy. Because, mm. you know, it just lasts two minutes. One year we did that and my wife was all upset because someone took the bowl. <laughs> I told her, someone's going <laughs> to take, take the, the bowl. bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's difficult. But yeah, I usually, I mean, even though you're supposed to start at a certain time, we usually get them to like 9 o'clock at night. So we, we get a handout a couple mm. handfuls at least. And that's when the people with the beards or the, you know, 20-somethings <laughs> are out. Exactly. But whatever. They got off work. Yes. Right. <laughs> Just wanted a snack on the way oh. home. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a big episode. 
let's start off with some news, though, before we get yes. into all the Halloween festivities. All right, so we're getting more TV series news. Uh, we have a show for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like a buddy-like show? Like a buddy cop show, almost? I could only hope so. I feel like Falcon will definitely bring the more buddy cop aspect to it, whereas Winter Soldier is too serious. And this is going to be one of those big budget series mm. uh, done by Kevin Foggy on Disney Play, correct? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, man, they want you to get those subscriptions, oh, yes. man. Like, I, and I'm ready. I'm ready to get over the money now. <laughs> so we already have a, a rumored Scarlet Witch and Loki mm-hmm. show. Not, not together, though. Those are separate shows. Yes. And then we're going to have a Falcon and Winter Soldier show, and that's going to be together. Yeah. So that's as far as it's been uh, reported by Variety, and that just drops mm. like a couple right, like yeah, really like an hour ago. ago. Yeah. Um. So one thing right off the bat that kind of jumped to cut my eye was the fact that if Falcon and Winter Soldier are together in this show, that makes me think that we're not going to get either of those two as Captain America. That's my assumption, and, and maybe. And I'm thinking that way just because we've heard that, you know, mm. we're losing Captain America probably this next, you know, installment of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, there was a uh, article actually out this past week talking about how the next Captain America could be African-American or a female, uh, which right away I started thinking, oh, Falcon, because mm. it happens in the books. But now that he's going to have a series as Falcon, it makes me feel Well, like... here, let me pitch a title for you. Okay. Who Wants to Be Captain America? Mm. <laughs> well, and there was, when Steve Rogers originally died, there was a book. It was like a one-shot, like, Who Will Bear the Shield or mm. something like that. And it was between, like, Winter Soldier and Falcon. So, um, I could see that. But... I don't know. I feel like that they would want to save that for the screen, mm-hmm. but it, it could work. It just depends on how Disney want, like how they're viewing media going forward. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if they're willing to throw this massive budget towards these shows, what's and like they're considering this all MCU content at this point. Yeah, you know where where's the line between theater and streaming service for Disney at this point? It's all connected. I mean, so there was a sense. big time where people were discussing, you know, uh, having movies just being able to be streamed to televisions rather than being shown in theaters at, at all. Yeah, which I hate. Yeah, but you know, I want to see it on the big screen. But I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched Mandy recently, you know, on my computer. Exactly. So, <laughs> and that but that was more just because there weren't many theaters mm-hmm. playing it. But I mean, it didn't. I don't think it hurt my viewing experience that much. But I still want to see it on the big screen. You know, I feel like nothing beats, you know, seeing a movie on the big screen. Yeah. Especially something as cinematic as like a Marvel movie. So, um, I hope that time doesn't come anytime soon. But I get it. You know, it's it's all about convenience mm. nowadays. Everyone has a screen <laughs> literally in their pocket. So, um, I don't, man. So, do we think this is going to be them dealing with the aftermath of losing Steve? I could see that. I mean, that's the angle I would go with, but it depends on how long this comes after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And when does the streaming service drop? The streaming right? service drops in uh, fall of 2019, as that's been reported. So timeline-wise, that works, though. Mm. And if this is kind of a lead-in to another like, Captain America movie, 
that kind of, I mean, I can see it all kind of playing out. And this is like a smaller show. It's six to eight episodes. Mm-hmm. How about, I know one of the rumors with Captain America, I know we're completely off the tracks. This <laughs> is all relevant. Was that Sharon Carter might actually end up picking up the shield. You I don't have a problem with that, with but at like the same Peggy time. and everything, and mm. it'd be kind of out of left field since she wasn't really a part of anything that happened. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, is I would rather have her had more screen time up to this point. Mm-hmm. Well, there's still another movie, mm. so maybe she will get her chance to shine in this next movie, and it will make sense. Um, I think that'd be badass, though. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, but Falcon also would make a great Winter Soldier. I'm still not sold on Winter Soldier at all. Mm. Um, he'd make a great Captain America Cap- oh I'm sorry Dice <laughs> yes I'm still not yes I would like to see Captain <laughs> that would make no sense whatsoever <laughs> and be a completely different movie um, but yeah Falcon as Captain America would be awesome hmm. uh, I'm not sold on the Winter Soldier as Captain America still so I feel like they still have some work hmm. to do for me yeah, I know the of- girls like them but <laughs> I don't know just not doing <sighs> At this point, Falcon could be a scroll, though. You never know. Or Winter Soldier could be a scroll. Exactly. And that would actually make sense. He disappeared for a long period of time. That's true. He's on the map, so. It would totally convolute the story. Yes. <laughs> making, it, making it meaningless, but. <laughs> they could totally do that. So uh, yeah. it sounds like something Vince fucking scrolls. <laughs> yes, if that does sound like a wrestling storyline. I agree. Like, wait a second, that makes no sense whatsoever. McMahon must have booked it. All right, what else do we have? Um, we have 172 million dollars for Halloween. God damn, making all of the money, <laughs> and that is what I think no other Halloween movie made over a hundred million. million. Yeah. yeah. So that's saying a lot, and that was just the second weekend. So it's probably going to cross two hundred million this coming weekend, I would guess. Um, and it was made for like ten million dollars. Yes, people are going home happy. Wow! <laughs> I that's hope someone crazy got some good residuals on this film. So we're some definitely going to sequel. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but good for them. Mm. That's awesome. And that just means we're going to get more horror movies in the future. So I'm sure, you know, the people that we've already heard Friday the 13th news, but, you know, every, you know, Hollywood studio is going to be looking at whatever slasher franchise they exactly. own and trying to dust it off and polish it up and throw it out there. So hopefully they put the right creative, you know, minds behind it and we get some quality horror movies. definitely going to get movies. a major resurgence through horror completely. Yes. You know, and I mean, Halloween originally spawns, mm-hmm. you know, the slasher craze in the 80s. So, I mean, it only makes sense that they're going to be doing it again. So, great news. Awesome. All right. What else do we have, Christian? Oh, you were playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 this yes. weekend. Uh, Streaming live for everyone. Yeah, I got it on all the platforms finally. Crazy, huh? <laughs> Technology. Yes. Um, it is an amazingly and beautiful game. Uh and it's definitely like you are stepping into this world, man. It's insane. Like, um, just a recent mission I did was just going hunting for the first time in this world. And it's just like, yeah, they're talking about how they're going to be gone for a couple days. And you get fully immersed in their journey to getting the supplies to all the way going up into the mountain to find this bear. And it's it's nuts. It's like, this feels like a real world completely. Uh-huh. Um, 
I'm, I'm only six hours into the campaign. I'm only like a halfway through the second chapter. So, I mean, this is this has been nuts. I'm really enjoying it. To go back to the hunting thing. So, like, is that like a like a like a mini like a sub game that's going on in the, in the yes game, they or? don't they don't present any of the missions as this one's more important than this one okay when you go up to it like um i walked up to him to start the dialogue and um it was just like go hunting and i was like sure all right fine okay um and the rest of the world acts accordingly to that it's um you know you talk to him about the events of the previous few missions you've done and everything is your choice at this point, it's, um, did you do this mission before this mission? You, like, all the dialogue connects. Okay. So you're just talking to this guy about what you've been doing recently, how the world is affected by these actions that you've done so far. And just, like, it, it all plays well together. Is there, like, something where, like, in the game, like, is it that realistic where you have to, like, make sure you feed yourself? Um, not eating will affect your health a little bit. Okay. Um, not cleaning will affect, uh... How people perceive you. Like bathing? Yeah. Like, so you have to make sure you bathe so often? I, it's not like as intense as it makes it sound. Like, um... Sounds like Oregon Trails to me. Are you going... <laughs> <laughs> you have died of dysentery. Like, so is that like... Is it like you gotta make sure you're like... You're stopping for meals and... Or is it like just picking up like a, it's, a packet or like, you know... It can be just as easy as um, picking up a elixir and drinking it and you're all good. Okay. Like, okay. at the same time... So but, it's still a video game. Mm, it's not if like you, uh, Sims or If something. you don't pay attention to it, of course it will start to affect you, but it's pretty easy to fix. Okay. Like, I, as soon as I, I found, like, elixir that fixes all your problems... It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy four of those. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so you're not stopping at like a exactly. you know, a restaurant like, and eating. You can play that way. I'm assuming you can probably play more close to the chest, um, constantly Me. having to eat and everything. But I'm, I've run into some situations where like um, I have like a lot of I have like a three hundred dollar bounty on my head right now, and uh-huh. as soon as I run into any lawman, I'm getting shot down like crazy. What did you do? Um, it's a mission, actually. You help out one of your friends, uh, who's an asshole, uh, <laughs> escape That's from jail. That's always the case. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he goes, uh, he goes and finishes, like, he goes and kills this man's wife, uh, to get his guns back. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. it was dramatic as hell, and, uh... And you're an accessory to this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the bounty is put on you as well. Um... A lot, there, there's a lot more realism to this. Um, compared to the last game, which I didn't realize when I was going, like, um, writing, so. let me explain. Okay. So, and I'm going to clip this in my stream because it's the, my general reaction is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I'm riding my horse and I accidentally, like, I'm going too fast and I'm going towards a cliff. That's not, it's not like too high of a cliff, but the horse flips over. Oh, no. And it lands on his back. And it's like, you hear the impact. You hear the horse squeal. Oh, no. It's like real painful to watch. Oh, no. And on screen, you can literally see me go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> so then you're without a horse. Um, he survived. He what? Didn't die. <laughs> um, he, you definitely have to feed the horse right away because his health is gone. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> He struggles to get back up. Like, it's like watching a very hurt animal. Usually you have to put a bullet in the horse's head at that point. Because if he's still breathing, he's in a lot of pain. And not recovering anytime soon. So, but 
That's still insane. So they they went ahead and actually figured in physics here. So yes, physics actually... is perfect in this game. So wow, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. How how far in are you? I'm only six hours. I'm only two chapters in. So okay, I'm only like halfway through. I would say the second chapter. All right. How many chapters are there? I have. I don't know. You don't. They don't tell you. They don't tell you. They only show you like where you're at, and then like where you're. Uh, it's like blank squares. And I take it like a chapter can take as long as you want it to. Because yeah. you can just go on all these little submissions. The first chapter is clearly all like tutorial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of just throw you into it. And slowly kind of show you a little bit more about what you can do in this world in the second chapter. Uh, so are you going to be streaming again? This yeah. Um, for this game, I'm going to continue to play along. Uh, every time I play, I'm going to stream it. So all right. that should so be how it is. Be on the lookout mm-hmm. for Christian uh, streaming live. On all of our platforms now. Yes, make sure that you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff on Twitch. So. Awesome, awesome. So, Halloween Horror Month concludes yes. this episode. We are on the last movie that you should absolutely watch every single fucking year. Yes, god damn it. <laughs> um, this goes probably without saying... No sport. I mean, we were spoiling it and you know teasing it the entire month, but obviously our number one pick, and it's a joint pick. Yes, um, the village. <laughs> I am not. Sure <laughs> uh, and this is our last episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For now on, it'll just be called the Damon's Amazing Nerd Show. <laughs> no, Christian, not the village. John Carpenter's classic. Halloween. Yes. Uh, let's go ahead and read the synopsis. I mean, I would guess that everyone knows the synopsis, but let's go ahead and read it anyway. Just yes. tell me the story, Damon. People are in the dark. Uh, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield to kill So this movie was originally going to be titled The Babysitter Murders. Mm. Um, it was actually brought to John Carpenter, um, just the concept of the movie, by a producer. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that was going to be you know, the title of the movie. Very simple concept. Um, and it pretty much stayed simple. <laughs> Uh, you know, for the film, John Carpenter did tweak it obviously here and there. Mm-hmm. He gave it the holiday theme, but um, it definitely, you know, stayed a very simple concept. But less is more. So the premise of this movie is Michael Myers has escaped from Smith's Grove, um, and his doctor, Doctor Loomis, is hunting him, um, knowing that you know what he's capable of, knowing that he's pure evil. Um, we follow Michael to Haddonfield, where, you know, chaos basically ensues. So, he ends up just, you know, crossing a group of friends and, you know, starts to stalk them. It's that simple. Um, there's no rhyme or reason for, you know, why he's targeting them, and that's what makes it scary. Uh, the whole premise of, you know, Michael going after his, you know, younger sister wasn't really introduced until Halloween 2. Um, at the time, we had no idea who Lori was or their relationship, and John Carpenter didn't either. That was, that was just kind of a gimmick that he used to basically, 
you know, give a reason for a sequel. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, I mean, it's just that simple. You know, Michael just crosses paths with, you know, a group of kids and decides that he's going to murder them. So I believe it's literally him driving the station wagon down the street and um, Nancy Loomis screams out, speed kills. Um, so it, it, and he stops. <laughs> so it, it's very that so like uh, 78 as well yes yes, <laughs> yes. Um, that being said this movie changed everything so um, before this there was nothing really like it um, out there you did have you know movies like Black Christmas you had movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre but this was a game changer and it really led to the boom of, you know, what became like, you know, the slasher genre in the early 80s. Um, this movie, and we were just talking about the huge success that, you know, Halloween mm -hmm. 2018 has been. This movie was made for $300,000. Um, and it ended up making like, I believe, $70 million. So, and I'm sure it's still making money every year yes so um you know when carpenter said he could make it for three hundred thousand dollars the producer said go have at it um he introduced the whole idea of you know halloween just because he thought it was something that he never saw before um he was surprised when he researched it that there weren't many movies you know based on you know halloween the holiday because he was figuring oh well the name has to be copyrighted you know a movie has had to use that mm. title before and there hadn't been so um you know it, it's such a premise that you know now it seems like so like you know just commonplace you know a guy in a mask stalking a bunch of teenagers but at the time it wasn't um it was new and different um he really invented the genre if you think about mm. it so um and it's just a well done a well crafted movie um the style of it, the score, um, the suspense, what, you know, he does, you know, just with lighting alone in this movie is just amazing. He really just builds that whole, like, tension in each scene, not knowing what's going to happen. It's really like theater of the mind, if you think about it, um, you know, because I think if any of those elements were any different, the movie wouldn't work. Um, especially when it comes to the score. The score is just like its own character in this movie. Um, it really is the driving force behind everything. Um, it's almost like Michael's voice to me. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it really, just because he's this kind of like, he, I mean, he's in the script, I believe, he's like noted as the shape because he is just this like entity mm -hmm. that is kind of roaming around and it's in the background. You never know when he's going to strike. You know, the score kind of is, like, his, like, embodiment. Well, I would say the score is almost as iconic, even more iconic than Michael at certain times. Mm -hmm. uh, people, like, that's not something that's going to be forgot ever. Yeah. I, that song is more, like, I feel more synonymous with than the film at times. Yeah. I hear it, and, like, when you think Halloween, I hear that song everywhere I go. Yes. Especially, like, tomorrow, walking around a street. People playing their speakers, you're going to hear that song. Oh, absolutely. It's just, absolutely. it's become part of Halloween at this point. Yes, it's the score of the holiday now, mm. honestly. <laughs> it's amazing to think, you know, and that's it's, something John Carpenter did by himself, you know, it's all him. 
So, I mean, it, it, it is very, like, just an amazing feat. Mm. What you're saying is crazy. It's just crazy to think that um, those dominoes fell in such a perfect, just a sort of perfect pattern at the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. You had a movie that didn't have, the fact that that wasn't copyrighted at that time, that's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, that no one did a, a horror movie mm-hmm. based around Halloween. You know, like, especially as the title, you would definitely think that there was a, a movie named Halloween at that point, but there hadn't been. So, I mean, it is, and just that whole concept and everything. Like I said, and there were movies like Black Christmas that Halloween definitely borrowed from, and John Carpenter has admitted that he was inspired by, um, even, like, certain shots and everything. But what John, and I love Black Christmas, don't get me wrong, mm. but John Carpenter took that inspiration and just made this masterpiece. Um, it's just so well crafted and well paced. Um, you know, the, the performances too. I mean, Donald Pleasance as, you know, Dr. Loomis, who could have been chewing scenery, you know, with this performance mm-hmm. and not taken seriously. He took it dead serious, you know, even though he admitted at the time in interviews that he didn't really get what the hell was going on <laughs> and that he felt like a lot of his shit was exposition, and it was, mm-hmm. but he added this level of, you know, really just, you know, dread to the whole film just through his, like, you know, describing Michael in the hospital. The fact that he's Michael's psychiatrist and he is walking around with a, a gun because he knows Michael's on the loose and he has to stop him. He does not hesitate mm. at all at aiming that gun at Michael and trying to take him no, out. And that makes Michael so much more terrifying as a character. Absolutely. You didn't need to see him like murder the hell out of everyone in the first five minutes to figure out that this is someone to be yes. you know, reckoned exactly. with. Exactly. You get that opening, that iconic opening shot which is just innovative as its own, just like from like just a technical standpoint because of just the tracking shot, the POV, like following, you know, mm. you know, what we find out to be a young Michael Myers, you know, kind of stalking his sister and her boyfriend and just that shot all the way up the stairs, you know, that is like just masterfully edited together. You know, that is almost one continuous shot. They did do a few little small edits here and there. But the fact that they were able to do that with, like, you know, basically in the style of, like, guerrilla filmmaking mm-hmm. um, on just a, like, shoelace budget um, is amazing that he was willing to take that time and everything. Um, it, it's one of those shots that is definitely inspired by Black Christmas, though. If you look at that movie, and we'll probably review Black Christmas oh. around the holidays, <laughs> um, if you look at that movie, it does have a very similar scene in it, but it's just not as done like not done as well mm. as what John Carpenter pulled off until the level and everything. But that moment too, that, you know, we see, you know, Michael killing his sister, but we have no idea who it is. We just think it's, we're witnessing a murder, but then you end on the outside of the house and, you know, the parent pulling off the master bill, young boy standing there with a knife, you know, in this clown costume, it's chilling. It's a chilling moment. Mm. And right then and there, you know, what you're dealing with, you know, that this is just, you know, evil personified, um, that there's nothing left, um, you know, in this innocent, like angelic looking like little kid, you know, you see evil personified. And that's what Loomis is preaching throughout this entire movie to anyone who will listen. Um, and it, 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 if he wasn't taking that seriously, you know, um, I think it could definitely be, you know, very cheesy. Um, but he takes, you know, that script and he makes it 
gold, you know. Uh, originally, John Carpenter was looking, he wanted, I believe, Christopher Lee for this role, um, you know, being a fan of, like, the I Hammer movies and everything. Mm. And it would make sense. He knew that he needed someone who was established, you know, actor in this role, and having horror roots would definitely help. But he couldn't, like, Christopher Lee turned it down. He's actually said before he, like, passed away in many different interviews, he said that he regrets, you know, pass, you know passing mm. on the movie, how it was, like, his biggest regret in his career because of what, you know, that movie has meant now to so many different people. Um, you know, this is one of the movies, too, where, you know, before we kind of got these, like, dime a dozen slasher movies where we actually like got performances from your you know what becomes cookie cutter like teenagers mm-hmm. um you know and this is really the template for all that um that you know actually meant something and you actually felt like they were relatable um they felt like real kids and then i think that's what a lot of slasher movies got wrong when they were trying to like copy this formula you know, they just be, you know, they just threw up some actors who were really like 30 years old playing, you know, a bunch of 60-year-olds. Um, and, you know, they didn't really try to, you know, bother like actually establishing their character mm. and making you They're care so about cookie them. cutter, yes. Yes. So, um, you know, they're, but this is the standard. This is where it starts. Mm. So, um, you know, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis as the innocent, you know, one, you know, who's kind of, you know... I don't know, a bookworm and, you know, just socially awkward. You've got the cheerleader and then you've got the snarky, you know, teenager. Um, But it all works and they do feel like real people. Uh, The setup of the movie is perfect, you know, where you're just kind of, you know, following these, these group of kids along and knowing what you know, knowing that Mike was escaped and knowing that, yeah, it was him around the hedges. Oh yeah, no, it was him behind the clotheslines. It just leads to this like sense of dread, um, you know, because you know the fate of these kids and you're just waiting because mm. you know the premise of the movie that, you know, you've got this mass killer on them. Someone's going to die, but Carpenter doesn't rush anything. You know, he doesn't. I mean, there it, it takes a while for anyone to die in this film except for the very opening. Um, you don't really see, you know, anyone die until it becomes night. So you go through, the, a good portion of this movie mm-hmm. takes place during the day. Um, but it's just knowing what's going to happen. It just really sets this tone of dread. Um, well, so yeah, that's then, that irkiness that you get uh, not knowing, you know, what's around you at all times. Uh-huh, exactly. And the way that Michael is kind of just, you know, stalking them. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just really, you know, helps build that suspense knowing that he's in the background there like it took me multiple viewings to like realize like all the scenes that michael actually is because they like in because like he's like so in the background you know and kind of like hidden in shadows and then just kind of brought into the forefront by like Mm -hmm. the lightning the lighting that they use there were like there was a time I think there's one scene where like he's over Jamie's shoulder that I didn't realize after like a, you know it took me like a couple viewings to actually see him there um and it just really just I don't know helps with the creepiness of the movie you know um people there aren't many movies that have captured mm-hmm. that. Now, I would even argue that the recent incarnation doesn't do that well enough. Oh, absolutely, and that's that was my mm-hmm. biggest one of my biggest qualms with that movie is 
it just didn't, it didn't have enough of that in it. You know, like there wasn't, I, I didn't get enough of Michael stalking his prey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, you know, was the horror of Halloween in the original. You know, what was the suspense in that movie was Michael stalking that really just led to the whole feel of it. There wasn't enough atmosphere, you know, in this movie, the original Halloween is all about atmosphere. It's all about, you know, building the scene. Um, and it's just, I mean, John Carpenter at that point in his career, he did Assault on uh, 13, Precinct 13, and I think a movie called Dark Star, which was like a, a, a he did, you know, while he was in school, in mm-hmm. film school. So he had little work underneath his belt. So to think that he pulled this movie off and that it's like this, you know, piece of art now, that people go back to and visit all the time and really started off this genre is amazing. You know, um, he was like the oldest guy on the set. Um, and he was, I believe he was in like his mid twenties. So, I mean, that's saying a lot, you know, besides Loomis, of course, but Donald Pleasance, um, which he admitted that he was terrified of at the time. And why wouldn't you be being in your mid twenties? So you're dealing with this established, you know, film star. Um, So it it just, I mean, it's crazy. And the fact that he had the peace of mind at the time um, as a young, you know, director to make demands of, you know, his producers and like get his name as, you know, uh, over the title like he did. And he also negotiated Final Cut for himself. So, like, all that is amazing that he, you know, was able to do. And, you know, the fact that he had the balls Mm -hmm. to do it is impressive. Um, They originally, you know, so much of this movie is the mask that they ended up choosing. Um, They originally were between two different masks. It was, like, the William Shatner mask Mm -hmm. now that everyone knows about. That they ended up painting white and cutting out thigh holes and everything. That, you know, it's crazy, like, to see the original mask and this mask side by side. And you're like, oh yeah, that is William Shatter. Um, it, it totally is. Mm. But like you look at it now, um, it, it doesn't, like you don't see it at all. But like, oh my God, like it's a shitty William Shatter mask. It really is. What was the uh, other mask that they were The saying? other mask was a clown mask. Okay. So if you put that clown mask on Michael Myers, it's a totally mm. different movie. It really is. So, I mean, it really just adds to the idea of Michael being this, like, almost faceless entity. You know, he has a face just because he has a face. But, like, it really, it's not about his facial features. It's just, he he's the shape. He literally is the mm-hmm. shape that's lurking behind your shoulder at all times, you know. Um, you know, that you could almost feel breathing down your neck in the film. So, um, the kills aren't spectacular. You know, they're all very simple. Mm. Um, like I said before, it's theater of the mind. You know, um, it, it's almost bloodless, this movie. There's not much graphic violence at all. Um, you know, it's it's very much like Texas Ch- Chainsaw Massacre is. You know, people, like, see that movie and, like, years later are retelling it to their friends. And, like, there are scenes in the movie that didn't happen. It's just something that they mm. imagined because... You know, it the, the, the feel of the movie, the tone of the movie, like, lends it, like, where you just imagine this score that never took place. Yeah. Um, you know. And it makes it way more terrifying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Less is more. Less is more. So, um, 
I don't know. I, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance is great. Like I said before, she feels real. Mm-hmm. She feels authentic. Um, you know, you actually root for her. And I'm not usually one who roots for the victims <laughs> being like, you know, mm-hmm. a horror nerd as I am. But, you know, you definitely feel for her in her play. Um, it just, I mean, and I, I don't know, man. It, everything, even to the final scene, you know, where the movie ends and you're getting these shots of everywhere, you know, all these traumatic events happen, you know, to kind of remind you with that soundtrack in the background, it leaves you with just this sense of, you know, what did I just see, you know, and just this sense of, oh my God, did this all, all this shit happen? You know, for me, I watched it as a young kid, you know, once again, on like network TV, (laughs) Um, but this, once again, this doesn't matter because they could leave so much in because not much happened. It's not like you're missing all these like, you know, horrific, gory scenes. So, um, it, it really, you know, like I remember that it ended and, and just knowing like, I'm not sleeping tonight, like just being terrified out of my mind, mm. you know, but falling in love with the idea of Michael Myers too. Cause he is, you know, your modern day, like, you know, Frankenstein, your modern day, mm. you know, Dracula, he is a horror icon. Um, you know, he's almost what Santa Claus is to Christmas for Halloween at this point, <laughs> pop culture-wise, uh-huh. which is fucked up to think. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. When was the first time you saw it? Um, well, I started, when, it's, when it comes to slashers, I started at Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I saw Halloween. So were you able to appreciate the same? Like, um, um, I think... It made Halloween came out more um, as you you hit the nail on the head with the whole your mind is more playing up what he's doing because when when you see Friday the Thirteenth and you see Nightmare on Elm Street it's mostly it's just like hey it's the killing it's the fun of the kills and it's, and they're showing you so much of it whereas the simplicity of him just going around killing people is more it's almost more terrifying. Yes. You know, it, you're not seeing... He's not just brutally, like, picking you up and throwing you around and beating you like you saw in the, in the recent film. He's just, you're done. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's more like, this is what's going to happen on the street if you're just walking around. Yeah. And, and some I, killer shows up. I can't up. think of another film that really does mm-hmm. what the original Halloween did. Um, because, yeah, nowadays it's all... Not even nowadays. I mean, right off. Right, right off the bat, you know... Mm-hmm. When this movie started, the slasher, it became about like, how's this person gonna die? When are they gonna die? And how many kills can we get? Like, how many people can we get to die in this film? Even that's not part- to say that I don't love that. I just love no. Oh, absolutely! I love the shit out of that. You know, I'm absolutely a gorehound. And I mean, Jesus, yes, I love that. But to me, I hold Halloween mm. to a higher standard. You know, I want that suspense. I want that atmosphere, you know. So it always disappoints me year after year when we get these Halloween sequels and they don't get it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Halloween 2, I think, did it well. But really, you know, Halloween 4 kind of touched on it. But then after that, it's been all kind of downhill. Mm-hmm. You know, H2O had a little bit of it, I would say. And then even, you know, the last movie had you know, moments with it, but then it just kind of goes off the rail. Mm. The movie The Strangers, that movie got it. You know, the original The Strangers, because that was all mm. about that tension and, you know, building a scene 
where you have your villain lurking in the shadows and you know you know what's going on and but you know that character is being stalked and you're just like putting yourself in your shoes and you you feel like they're breathing down your neck you know um and it makes you want to look over your shoulder um that that's probably the last movie that i feel like is really like got that like concepts you know nailed down you know, and then of course we got Strangers Two, which mm. just threw it all out the window. <laughs> but even John Carpenter himself, with Halloween Two, he felt the pressure of you know what was going on now with horror movies at the time after Friday Thirteenth, where he felt like he needed up the violence and you know the gore, and you know it became more about the kills and mm. everything. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Halloween Two; it's my favorite of the sequels. Um, but it definitely you know, starts going down that path about, you know, it's all about the kills and how he's doing and everything. And not so much about the suspense. So, I mean, I I long for a movie to really capture the feel of this, you know, again. I'm hoping that it'll actually be a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe they go back to, you know, um, the chalkboard with, you know, the, I guess what we would call a sequel. Um, for the upcoming Halloween movie, which we know we're going to end up getting, uh, but I doubt it. Yeah, I feel like they're going to like this work. <laughs> Let's keep on doing more of that. And I don't know if like today's audiences are ready for that. And now you've seen Michael doing this, you know, kind of what Jason does so much that I don't know if people would accept that. But I, at the same time, I could see people getting that enjoy, so enjoying it because you know when you think about a typical paranormal film. You're not getting like kills until near the end. Yeah. With most, par- it's more the tension until that point. So if you could capture that feel, but just do that with a slasher um, he- hero, slasher villain. Some consider them heroes. Yes. <laughs> I, that could be a recipe for something great. It could be. It could be. Um, I just I don't know if because of. I don't know, just because of who Michael is mm. and, you know, now we've seen Michael in how many movies, you know, doing more of the standard yeah. slasher thing, if people would be accepting. Like, I think critics would, you know, be praising the movie, but I think it'd be one of those things where the audience reaction would be completely different. Like, well, I want to see Michael kill. Like, I did, you know, so many yeah. of these kills, you know, we didn't see anything. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think the, pop crowd, the popcorn crowd would have you know, a different reaction to it. I mean, even just... I was hoping that this, the new, Mm. the 2018 movie would reestablish, you know, Michael, you know, um, in that way of, you know, just kind of the vein of the first movie. So I think that's another reason why I was kind of disappointed with it because we didn't get that. You know, we got more of the standard fare with it, um, which is fine. And, you know, I'm Mm. glad that it's probably going to lead to another slasher boom. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Give me the original. <laughs> Give me the original. Now, I'm lucky. I mm. saw this before I saw, like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. So, I mean, I got to really enjoy this, where I'm, I'm wondering if I would find that move, Halloween boring, you know, as a young kid. There was a while where mm. I did like, I think I did enjoy the second one more because the fact that there was more kills and everything in it. And at the same time, you did have that suspense and tension there. But, um, you know, now, you know, as an older fan, I just, I love the shit out of the original. I really, it is one of those movies that are, 
always in like my top five, not just horror movies, movies in general, films of all time list. So, um, you know, for me, like, you know, horror wise, it's Halloween and Exorcist, mm-hmm. you know, one and two, and that changes, you know. Um, but film, like, I, I love Halloween. I, I just love yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely view Halloween on a different spectrum than just horror. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll, if I'm going back for horror, it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to admit, I will go to Halloween too more often than I will go to Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's... You have to be in the right mood mm-hmm. to watch Halloween and everything, but in Halloween 2 is definitely more action. I, I love Dick Warlock in Halloween 2, and I know this isn't supposed to be <laughs> Halloween 2. Um, and we have another episode where we did talk about Halloween 2. We did, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I love Dick Warlock's portrayal mm-hmm. of Michael in Halloween 2, and a lot of people say it's like robotic and weird. No, I love it, man. I think it's like dead on. It's so it's just a killing machine. And that's what's great about Michael, especially in, in the first one, is like he's like a force of nature. Mm. You know, there's nothing there. There's no like personality there. You know, the most we get out of him is the little head turn when he's kind of examining his work. Um, you know, even the way he sits up is, you know, robotic unhuman like mm. so i mean that's i mean god man it, it is classic it is classic so i mean yeah give me more halloween type movies but you know i guess nowadays it's just all about the gore so <laughs> i sound like an old <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean even you go back to my one of my first things i said about the new halloween and my opinion was i wanted to see the kills more uh-huh. You know, and that's I. I don't know if that's just because I'm I'm part of this more modern era of horror slashers. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's what I was looking into more. But that's not even a modern era. That's I mean that was happening in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's just you know, it's what turns on a lot of horror fans, and I'm one of them. Trust me, mm-hmm. we're surrounded by Texas Chainsaw Massacre posters yes. and Friday Thirteenth posters and Evil Dead for crying. I out. often for, and I'm not trying to get too far from Halloween. Yes, but I often forget how much Texas Chainsaw really terrified me. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, just the, even the concept of it almost being, a, well, not almost, being a real story, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. This guy. Very who's... loosely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Very loosely. I, I think, just um, the idea. Like, when I was younger and I didn't know that, and they, you know, they show at the very end, the, like, the footage of this guy being real, like, they're, like, cops chasing after, like, they uh, do this, like, black and white footage thing. Where, I think it was the one of the original. newer ones. Not the oh, original. and the new. Okay, the newer okay. I was one. like, not of the original. No. Yeah, not Toby. They Ruby. do like this, like black and white footage thing where they're like going into a camp and they find him. Oh no, that's not. But that's not real footage. Yes. I know what you're talking. About. I know it's not real footage now. But I'm saying when that <laughs> As came a kid, out, I was like, when you watched it, like, okay. okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. I was like, no, Christian, that's not. I real. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But and that that was one of the better remakes at the time mm. in the early 2000s, um, and that was another example of you know when Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake happened. You know, the studios went, because it did so well, the studios went crazy. And then we got, like, like three or four remakes yes. every year after that. Um, some great and some horrible. So, um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was almost on my list. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be on next year's list. So, but, I mean, Halloween for me, like I said, is the pinnacle, you know, of horror movies. Um, it's everything that's right with horror. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I don't think anyone has, you know, met the high bar that John Carpenter has set. Um, it just, just the movie just as, you know, it's just complete. It's a complete movie. Yes. You know, it checks all the boxes um, for me as a fan, hmm. you know, and I don't mean to sound like the <laughs> crotchety old horror movie fan, but, you know, like I said, I love gore, but it just does everything for me. It has everything. It has the cool slasher, you know, icon, but at the same time, it has all the suspense that, you know, I need as a hmm. horror movie. It's actually scary. Where, like, the other movies, I love them, and they're, you know, roller coaster rides, but they're not really scary to me. So, but we might just be messed up people. Yes, <laughs> that is true. That is true, and that's yeah, <laughs> that probably is a reality. <sighs> so, like Lori, I've been like traumatized by these movies <laughs> at a young age for forty years. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's gonna do it for horror month. Yes. I hope everyone enjoyed. Um, till next year. Um, later on, we do have a little. Uh, Halloween treat too that we're oh it's not uh, little that's right that's right but we'll get there um moving on we have some comic books yes now accessing comics uh we're going to start off with the return of Wolverine number two all right um I get the privilege of saying this one Logan is alive again let's see if he can stay that way I enjoyed this book I really did. I, I think it's a fun little thrill ride right mm. now. It, it feels like an action movie. Yes, very um, much so. I'm st- I still don't like his costume, but yes, no, I hate his costume. <laughs> but I like how fast paced it is, mm. and like how we're just like starting off right where we left off, and we're on a boat, and we're chasing after the bad guys. Um, we have no idea really what the hell is going on. Um, he, you know, woke up on this like laboratory site on some island or something, and he meets up with this doctor who, you know, this SWAT team is taking her son, and now he's trying to do the hero thing, even though he doesn't remember who the fuck he is mm. and why he's doing that. He's trying to put all the pieces together, but he knows it's the right thing. Um, and that's it. That's like the premise of the book right now. I'm not at all what I was expecting, but like I said, it feels like a good action movie. Um, I'm curious to see where they're going, um, but I don't know. I, I have my theories about what's happening right now. Um, he gets attacked while he's on the boat, and it's mm-hmm. totally, you know, just to set up, like, his new powers. Um, but I didn't mind it, because we also have this mystery going on, like, why are, like, these characters seem to be... like it, So basically what happens is... One of the guys jumps him. One of them's Omega Red, clearly. And the other one we learned is Dakin. So, but they're, like, kind of... It seems like they're, like, just mindless henchmen. So it feels like they're being controlled for some reason by someone. I don't know what that... This is me just, you know, a theory. Now, does this tie into um, the hunt for Wolverine, where Dakin is pretty much killed by the zombies? Yeah, I'm guessing so. Like, I'm guessing somehow they got control of him there. Um, I don't know how or why, because I didn't finish <laughs> that storyline. But, you know, that's what it seems like. Um, I have my theories about the doctor, who he's, you know, trying to help out. I feel like this is really, like, all a game. Hmm. And, like, he's just being kind of, you know, tested right now. Um, I could see the doctor actually being Pressapone, who's, you know 
supposed to be the you know main villain in this book who's pulling all the strings who who has resurrected logan um i'm not sure though you know it's a fun ride though like the first two issues i've enjoyed i really have you know and this is soul again you know who is literally writing everything right now um but i don't know the art works for me I've enjoyed it. Like I still hate the flame mm. claws. I, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> that, that. That was quite ridiculous. Uh, he he rips the uh, gas tank out of the boat uh, mm. and sprays uh, him with. He sprays his claws yes. to ignite the gas. Yes, and start Dakin on fire, which was a badass <laughs> scene. Dakin on fire was cool. Yeah, I did enjoy that scene, but. Yeah, you would think, like, his first, like, use of the claws would actually be, like, stabbing someone with hmm. everything, not just using him as a torch. Uh, but he well, how would he be... know that, I mean, it's not like there's fire emitting from it, they're just glowing. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and, like, he, when he's describing them, he says that he feels like he becomes the claws, um, which was interesting, so. I think the only thing I really appreciate about it so far is that you can actually see them glowing in his skin when he um, yes. pulls them back in. Yes. I appreciate I don't that. know how they're not just torching his skin, but whatever. <laughs> Comics. Comics. Right? Um, the book ends with Gene, um, you know, hooked up to Cerebro and discovering mm. Logan. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, so we left, what was the name of the... Dead Ends. Aftermath, oh, yes. The Aftermath issue was called Dead Ends with the whole Hunt of Wolverine storyline. Yes, appropriately named. And... We left with Presupone, like, and God, I'm probably saying her name wrong, but whatever. Um, basically blackmailing the X-Men so they could not follow and chase after Logan. She basically tells them that she will kill any young mutant mm. um, that she can get her hands on, you know, if she fought. But she has the to ability to yeah. see them, just the X-Gene. She doesn't even need them to be mutated yet. Yes, and somehow. Mm. Yes, she literally shows up with a bunch of dead you know, soon to be mutants um, on the front door, you know, steps of the X mansion. So, um, which was a pretty nice moment. That was like the one moment I enjoyed, not because mm. I'm a sick bastard of the <laughs> book, but I thought I was like, okay, she seems like a legitimate threat mm. at least. Um, everything else I hated in that book, um, but it made sense why the X Men couldn't go after, you know, Logan at this point. So the fact that they're being introduced so early on in the storyline makes me a little, eh, okay, so did that even mean anything? Because <laughs> um, it definitely, I mean, they're on the cover of the next issue, mm. so there's definitely going to be a confrontation there. But we'll see what happens. You know, I trust Soul, obviously, at this point. So, but I don't know. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the book. I mean, same here. I, I like that it's been action-packed. It's really... It feels like an action film, like straight out of like two thousand five. Like <laughs> Jason Statham as exactly. Logan. Yeah, no, I'd see that movie. But I would see that movie. <laughs> he could probably pull off Logan. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That would make. He's sense. short too. Is he short? Yeah, Jason Statham's short. Why does he feel tall to me? He's not like Tom Cruise short. Though. I don't think he's Tom Cruise short, but he's short. Okay, all right. He's a little old now, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, though, he's still doing action movies, and he's probably the same age as Hugh Jackson, so... Um, but Okay, we're off the tracks completely. <laughs> <laughs> we're casting the new Wolverine now. So up next, we got Punisher number three by Matthew Rosenberg. All right. And, oh, the penciler's name is Kudarnsky? Kudarsky? 
I mean, bless you for trying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, if I'm bringing up the penciler's name, mm. it's to praise them. So I hate the fact that I can't pronounce any of the penciler's names ever in any of the Marvel books for some reason. But goddamn, I love his work in this book. I really, I mean, he's doing the God's work. This mm. book has been fantastic. I love this book. Um, this is probably one of my favorite books so far this year. Um, and it's only three issues in, but this is the Punisher done right. Yes. This is what I want from a Punisher book. So if you're not, if you're a Punisher fan and you, you know, or have been a Punisher fan in the past, pick this book up. So, I mean, they're doing Punisher justice. I love the storyline. I love the mission <laughs> that he's on. Um, and I love the level of violence that they're doing mm. in like this definite like PG 13, like, perimeters that they've set up um this is definitely not a max series but they're showing you everything that they could possibly show you um you know uh this basically starts off with punisher on the train oh we didn't read the blurb nope oh see i'm trying to weasel my way out Uh, of reading the blurb i'm staring at you like (laughs) you're gonna skip this blurb huh you make me read those dc (laughs) blurbs every week all right so the punisher attempts to escape his attackers but they follow him into New York subways. Frank's uh, nearly overtaken when the protector of Hell's Kitchen, Daredevil, joins the frat. The frat? But Daredevil wants to put Frank down just as bad as the mercenaries do. Not really, though. Um, this starts off with Daredevil and Frank on the train together, basically right where we left off. Mm. Um, you know, and they're being attacked by a bunch of assassins coming after Frank. So, um, Frank jokes right off the bat, like, so it feels like we're teaming up (laughs) and Daredevil is denying, no, we're not teaming up. And, you know, sure enough, they're teaming up. Mm. So they fight a crazy ass battle on this train. Frank's just shooting the thing up, you know, Daredevil's dodging, you know, not only the assassin bullets, but Frank's bullets. Um, there's a great panel where like. It shows Frank in the train and Daredevil on the roof of yes. the train fighting. Just fantastic art. That's poster work. Yes. Well done um, by my friend who I will not try to pronounce his name again. Uh, but just, I mean, it really just lends the storytelling and everything mm-hmm. and how intense the situation was. and just makes it fun, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this book is plenty fun. Yes. Absolutely. So, I mean, you've got these assassins coming at him. You know, I mean, I couldn't... Like, there's... It looks like Marvel's version of Bane attacking yeah. at one point. I have no idea who this character is. He's not um, around anymore, so... No, no. <laughs> uh, Daredevil, through the entire battle, is trying to plead with Frank to stop killing everyone. Mm. Um, he literally takes Frank's guns and throws them out the subway, and then Frank pulls out a knife and starts stabbing bitches in the fucking head. It's <laughs> 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 like, this isn't any better. Uh-huh. Uh, so... <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's a great battle scene. This whole book is just basically this fight scene, mm. but it, you know, carries you through the entire book and keeps you completely, you know, turning each page and loving every second of it. So um, Frank basically ends up getting himself caught. Um, Daredevil fakes a heart attack after his battle, you know, after their battle with the assassins, um, knowing that the cops are about to like show up. So Frank actually goes and tries to do the right thing and grabs like a first aid kit, which is weird, um, to help, you know, um, uh, Daredevil out. And when he returns, the cops are all surrounding him. So because of Frank 
you know, not wanting to hurt police officers mm. of any kind. He allows himself to get, like, taken in. Um, they throw him in a jail cell. And this is just a regular, like, police precinct who, you know, has him, you know, under arrest. So, like, right away, they're, like, they're, I guess it's, like, their commander or something like that is kind of in a panic. Mm. You know, what are we going to do with the Punisher? We're not, like, you know, suited to, like, keep him here. Um, so meanwhile, lockup, he's just killing yes, people <laughs> in the background, which is a great scene. They're having this whole conversation about like what they're going to do about having Frank, you know, in the cell mm. and in the cell, Frank is like beating the shit out of everyone in there, you know? Um, but before it goes too far, shield shows up with Nick Fury, um, and takes him captive, you know, doing the, uh, officers a, you know, pleasantry. So um, they're appreciative, but then we see one of the um, agents that are with Nick um, lean into Frank, and they have a brief conversation, and we realize that it's Jigsaw, um, which kind of came out of nowhere because I thought Jigsaw was dead. But, um, and I think Frank even (laughs) says, you know, I thought you were dead. But um, this kind of cool scene. I don't know where we're going with this. Um, I don't know if Jigsaw's one of the assassins that Hydra has, uh, you know, coming after him. Um, or, you know, something else is happening. I'm hoping it picks up right in the precinct and it's just because of a mess inside there. Oh, yeah, like right off the mm-hmm. bat. I don't know. I don't know. I It, it seems like it, they're probably, I'm guessing they're probably going to, you know, take him, you know, to a helicarrier or something like that. Or just in transport, you know, Jigsaw's going to free, you know, Frank, you know, in the name of trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only... I don't know where else this would go. I, I still am curious to see how Jigsaw got the drop on Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing I didn't buy from them. I was like, Nick Fury doesn't know that Jigsaw's in Yeah, his or maybe there. Nick Fury does know. So, you know, we definitely don't know what he Nick Fury He is a crazy knows. motherfucker. He is, he is. So, <laughs> um, but... Cool setup, you know, um, fun book, awesome chapter, you know, to the story. So I I can't wait to continue it. So. All right. Uh, next up we have spider Geddon number two. Uh, the inheritors have made landfall and have drawn first blood. Now the spiders have to gather their army and start their missions, but can it possibly be enough for an incredibly powerful family that eats spider people? <laughs> Question, Question mark? mark? <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was okay. I'm, I'm loving everything with uh, Otto. Yes. All of this. Oh, this is his book. Yes. Absolutely. I like that Peter hasn't shown up. Mm. Like, we don't have 616's Peter yet. Um, he is battling Moreland somewhere. Um, as we've seen um, in just one panel, I'm, I'm, there must be a spinoff book, or maybe that's his like main book that that's happening in. I, I believe it's uh, his own book. Okay, so the Inheritors are now basically all resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one of the web watches, or whatever the hell they're calling it, where they can travel through uh reality yeah, After a confrontation with Gwen. Yes, who for a second, you know, were... I guess we're supposed to believe she's dead, but mm, we know yeah. she's not dead. <laughs> she's a cash cow right now for Marvel. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, the I'm surprised. I'm still surprised with the amount of you know, sp- you know, spiders that they have killed off just in that opening mm. book. 
Um, but so you've got this kind of like thrown together team of you know the superior uh, Doctor Octopus, um, the female Doctor Octopus. You've got Spider Ham. You've got who else? Do Spider Punk. You've got Gwen. You've got Miles. Mm. Um, and they're all disagreeing about what they should do and how they should take on the inheritors. They make a run for it, basically. They try to blow up the facility that, you know, or I guess it's, it's oh, it's Octopus's uh, yeah, headquarters, mayor, right? Much. So, and that was a great scene, too, where, like, tell me you have a self-destruct. You're a villain. You've got a self-destruct. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not a villain, and I do have a self-destruct button. So, sure enough, you know. You know, Doc Ock, you know, goes ahead and triggers the self-destruct button. You know, they make a run for it. Gwen is left behind. She um, she chooses to stay behind she, to yes. try to fight them to the last second because she can just teleport out with her watch. Yes, the female, yeah. She's she's like in battle with the female inheritor, which mm-hmm. I can't remember her name now. Um, but it looks like she doesn't get out alive. We know otherwise, obviously. Um, so they're all kind of bickering. Um you know, in their retreat, exactly how they should take on the inheritors. You know, Octopus is saying that we've got to put them down. That was the problem in the first place. Mm. They're all saying, well, actually, the problem is the fact that you brought them back. So um, they're all disagreeing. Um, Miles is saying we need Peter. You know, uh, 616 is Peter. You know, he's our leader. He's the one who, you know, took them out the first time. So they're all divided. And, of course, they do the, you know, stupid thing of, separating so <laughs> which just feels like come on you know better than this mm-hmm. um but yeah so you've got spider punk and octopus and the female dr octopus trying to put together a team of people who are willing to take down the inheritors i like to call them the spider x force oh, oh yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> um and then you've got miles trying to find you know peter basically mm. um and then gwen is stranded in a different reality, and she has no idea how she's going to get back um, to help out. Uh, Doc Ock does go after uh, Scarlet Spider um, to get his help. Kane, um, thinking too that we'll need the other. They used uh, Kane was in possession of the other, mm. uh, which is like high on the spider totem. Don't ex- expect me I, to explain I, why or how, but it's like supposed to. I think it's like the counterbalance of Moreland, basically. So, uh, for some reason, Scarlet Spider does not... Or no, not Scarlet Spider. Is it Scarlet Spider now? Because isn't Ben Riley technically Scarlet Spider? Oh, yeah, he is. So what the hell's... Uh... He was Scarlet Spider at one point. Kane was... Sp- I don't know what he's going by now. They called him Kane. They, didn't they just called him Kane. That's yeah. Words, Sorry, right? we canceled your book. <laughs> <laughs> You're just Kane now. Mm. Uh, yeah, so they, they called him Kane. They did. So Kane um, agrees to go along with him regardless. He's like, yes, I'll help you, but I don't have the other. Um, and then he asks if he should call Ben, Riley, uh, you know, Scarlet Spider now. And Doc Ock is like, are you fucking crazy? He was insane. He was the jackal. You know, he stole all of his tech, you know, which actually brought the others back. And I like that Doc Ock still kind of like was trying to like put the blame yes. on Ben, even though he had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, but then we find out that Ben was actually kind of, I don't know. Ben's everywhere. Yes. It seems. Apparently lurking. I, he always just happens to be around. Yes. To hear what anyone talks about him. Yes. So, <laughs> um, the, Kane does say that he's less crazy. I've not been following 
you know, mm. Scarlet Spider's book, obviously. I have been wanting to pick it up. It, w- it seems like it'd be interesting to see where they're trying to take mm. that, you know, since he was such a clear villain in, you know, the whole clone saga that just happened. Um, the fact that he got his own book and he's kind of the hero of it seems weird. I know we saw him with the whole Doctor Strange yes. um, damnation storyline. So, but I don't know. I don't know how they're kind of rectifying the fact what he did and everything. So, but it, you know, it, it's interesting. So now you've got the Scarlet Spider, you know, probably going to join the fray and, you know, assist, you mm. know, probably Octopus's team, I would guess. Oh, also, you get Dr. Octopus getting rid of the persona of the superior Dr. Octopus yes, and, and putting on the superior Spider-Man costume, you know. So, he says the ink is cast. Or no, the dye has been cast, right? So, um, which, you know, the female Dr. Octopus seems to be, you know, busting his chops about. The guardian of the spider, uh, the web of life, uh, is killed by his sister. Oh, what's his... In, he was originally an inheritor mm-hmm. um, who ended up joining them and he became the guardian of the web. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he ends up getting killed, yes. Um, which was a big moment if you read the original series. So, um, you know, so now it's kind of wide open. It seems like it'll help them, you know, bring back their uh, their father, which seems to be the last one that they're going to resurrect. Um I'm guessing it's going to happen. It'll make the uh, situation even more dire for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the fact that Peter hasn't been part of this book yet, though. It's all about, you know, the Spider family. Um, they did bring up Jessica Drew's name again, so I'm wondering if she will join them eventually. I'm also wondering what's the deal with Silk. I'm surprised Silk hasn't been part of this yet. So, And I don't know where, where that character is story-wise I, right now. I feel like they're all going to come sooner rather than later, though. Yeah, at this point, mentioned her, so I don't know. I love Silk, and I feel like she's underutilized. Mm. Um, it should be a bigger deal because I think it's a great character. So I, I really hope that they include her in this. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. It's a fun ride. It really is. So, um, and this issue was written by Christopher, uh, Christos Gage. Gage. There we go. Alright, so Slot did not actually have anything to do with this, but it did feel like Slot's work who originally did the um, first storyline, so I don't know. Good read, though. Good read so far. Uh, it's it's held me. It's held me so far mm-hmm. compared to Spider-Verse, which did not hold me as much. Oh, really? Oh, you didn't? So you did you read the I did not Spider-verse? finish it. I started it because I wanted to get back into Spider-Man, and I just too much that's that's a big big book to jump into (laughs) that's a lot to keep track of so i could see why you'd easily be turned off Mm. by that book um i love that mayday parker's part of this and everything i think that's cool that she's you know going to be one of the main characters it seems like i think it's cool too that we're like dealing with a smaller group of you know spider people right now so it kind of gives you i don't know it gives you a chance to get to know these mm-hmm. characters more. So I felt like maybe the one problem with the Spider-Verse book was it was too big of a roster that you were dealing with, um, where they just kind of seemed like, you know, gimmicks or just, you know, eye candy to be on the page. I feel like we're really going to get to kind of know these individual characters. Which is good. I mean, but I mean, the way that they're doing the, um, 
the spinoffs is like you're following each like these little teams as well. So that's cool. And I, I might actually read some of the spinoffs mm-hmm. now, um, not because I feel like I have to, just because I actually think I might enjoy it. So. Like I feel like the Spider Gwen one, I haven't read it yet, but I feel like it's probably just going to pick up where she is. Yeah, like how she point. gets back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. So, all right. So moving on, we've got Wonder Woman fifty seven. Yes, the Witching Hour Part Four. As Hikate's new world is born, Wonder Woman is under the goddess total control. This is magic's darkest hour. One of the most powerful magicians of all time may not survive. Alright. Uh, this one has was significantly better than the other ones. It's still it's still on that kind of, you know, event for an event sake type of book. But I did enjoy this one better than I have the last couple issues. Um, so what we get is we see Wonder Woman's basically subconscious is on this magical silver moon, not the, and they make sure to explain that it's not the moon that was blown up and put back together. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> is this the new moon that Superman put together? No, I, that was my first assumption. I was like, is this, is this because Superman brought the moon? To, no, but, uh, yeah, it's apparently a magical spectrum moon. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, Witchfire, who is canonically dead, um, is there and explaining to her, like, what's going on. You know, um, so you see her body is there, plus, um, the other two that are witch-marked. Alright. Um, and then we go back and we see that Wonder Woman is pretty much, the Wonder Woman that's on the planet, uh, is pretty much killing everyone in Nana Parvet as controlled by, um, Hikate. Um... Uh, Constantine um, unveils, you know, like, after he had had the blood of the demon ripped out of him by um, the Upside Down Man, he has now learned that he has cancer, um, and it's not really uh, going away. Okay. So he is most likely going to die. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, But, uh, and so he's pretty much, like, giving up at this point. He keeps, like, explaining to, um, what is her name? Uh, Zaytana. Mm-hmm. He keeps explaining to Zaytana that, uh, you know, it's just like, what's the point? We're going to lose. <laughs> so he's a little depressed. He's a little depressed. Um, Zaytana right smacks him out of it, kind of, and it's just like... Um, well, right at the end of the last issue, he was saying, we're all going to die. Yeah. So, But this is more because of his condition that mm-hmm. he's kind of... I think it's more elaborate. It's elaborating to why he's so just like ready to give up. Like, he explains, I was in that bar because I was drinking my sorrows away okay yeah i was you know getting ready myself to die okay um and he's also explained that you know that blood gave him a lot of his power you know his power and ability to use magic and before that he was just a guy running around doing exorcisms mm-hmm. which immediately gets satana thinking well don't we have a friend right now who is kind of possessed mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and that that's true it starts this whole thing where he's like oh yeah I could perform an exorcism on Wonderwood right now. And that's kind of like the plan for this right now. Um, what else is going on in the world is uh, another one of the witch mark is burning down this like ancient forest, which is killing Swamp Thing as well. So that's happening. And um, the Sisterhood of the Sleight of Hand return? Sure. I don't know much about them. Uh, 
They show up for one page and nothing else happens with them, so I don't know where that's going. Okay. Um, And Constantine performs the exorcism. Uh, And what happens is the exorcism is working on all three of the witch marks uh, at the same time, and the other two get freed. But because of that, all the power that were in the other two go into Wonder Woman's body. And uh, at the end of the issue, uh, Witchfire... like says, what's going on? What happened to you? Um, and Wonder Woman explains while she's on this moon uh, talking to Witchfire. Uh, she's like, I just felt, you know, like all this burning inside my body. I was brought back to the real world for a moment. And Witchfire explains, but you're back here while the other two are freed. Diana, I think you are dead now. Because the amount of power is not meant to be in one person. That's not, a, you know, it's, okay. no one's body is supposed to be able to handle that much. So the magic apparently might have just burned through her. Okay. Um, and that's how the issue ends, is the, the possibility of Diana being dead. Spoilers. She's not <laughs> She's not going to be dead. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of uh, <laughs> books that already show her in the future. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a very interesting cliffhanger. I thought that was fun so far. I enjoyed this book a lot more Okay. because of that, so... So does it have you more enthusiastic for the whole, you know, series? Um, it's still going to just be a, you know, this didn't really matter, but it was fun that we did it anyway type of series. Okay. But really just trying to get this whole team over. Yes. Okay. Which, I mean, that's fine. As long as it's a good story, that's all that matters, you know. Um, you know, it sucks that it doesn't sound like anything's necessarily going to be, you know, life-changing for the yes. team, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, Other do you see Bobo anything? Yeah, <laughs> do you see anything that will alter the the team's like direction, or you know, you really do feel like it's just going to be like well, it depends another on, chapter in their lore. It depends on if they kill off um, Constantine. I mean, he's been a big role in Justice League Dark for a long time, mm-hmm. um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens if this if he gets his powers back at some point, or if he just they fade away. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it would happen during the story arc? Or do you think no, I think it'd be going forward. Or, I mean, if it ends the next issue that he dies, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I If he does, he'll be bad. I yes. Mean, magic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that, that's cool, though. I mean, it, it sounds like it's a fun ride, at least. Mm. So, all right. Good Halloween read. Yes, yes. I'm sure it was timed perfectly mm-hmm. for that reason, so... So that's going to do it for comics? Yes. On to the wonderful world of wrestling. Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Now accessing wrestling. 
We just got an event this last weekend. It was the first WWE all-women's pay-per-view. Yes, yes. Um, you know, before we go into it, this week we have chosen not to talk uh, WWE Crown Jewel. We will not be previewing the show. We will not be talking about the results of the show. I mean, I guess we'll talk about Raw and SmackDown mm. afterwards, but that's about it. We Since WWE has made the choice to go to Saudi Arabia, good for them, but we can choose not to talk about it. Yeah. So we're just not going to give them the free press. Not that, <laughs> you know, we've got millions and millions of viewers and like they're going to really notice, but, you know, we can do the right thing even though they can't. Mm. So go screw yourselves. Um, that being said, this pay-per-view was definitely the right thing. Um, I was definitely a little skittish about this going into it just because of the lack of booking that happened. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by this. So, um, let's go ahead and break down the card. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, first we had Trish Stratus, um, and Lita defeating Mickey James and Alicia Fox. I thought this was a good opener. Um, you know, you got the, you know, Hall of Fame names mm. out there, you know, right off the bat. Um, you know, I was glad that it wasn't like close to the end of the show because I definitely there's ring rust on, you know, Trish and Lita. And Alicia Fox. <laughs> Alicia Fox always has ring rust. <laughs> I will say I enjoy Alicia Fox as a character though. Mm. Um, but yes, yes, she's not the greatest performer. Uh, she was put in last minute because Alexa Bliss is in the uh, concussion protocol right now. So she got injured at a live event. So unfortunately she could not participate. I definitely feel like that hurt the match, not having Alexa Bliss there. Um, she was on the outside of the ring, though, um, you know, lending her support um, and getting involved here and there. But overall, I was surprised with this match just because I felt like it was actually, it, I felt like it over-delivered. You know, I, wasn't, I didn't have high expectations, um, you know, for Trish and Lita. I was actually surprised by Lita's performance more than Trish's, hmm. um, just because, you know, she's just the, the Royal Rumble match, and just, it seems like, you know, she definitely has a lot of rust, but I thought she, she did well, you know, not fantastic or anything, hmm. they didn't skill the show, but I felt like they put together a no, yeah. servable match. For Lita, it's been better than the last few times she's done, at least done the moonsault. Yes, this yes, that was like the big, that's definitely... <laughs> You know, the one thing I was happy about was, you know, okay, she she nailed that moonsault. You know, she got a little more air this time. You know, I wasn't scared for her and her opponent. Um, Mickey James carried this fucking match, and it makes me a little more angry, you know, uh, that she's being so underutilized yes. right now. Um, I'm glad that they are recognizing her on air, though, as, like, a definite, like, first ballot Hall of Famer, though. So they're giving her just due... Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I it just right off the bat, though, I thought this really got the crowd into it. Um, I love the vibe of the audience. Um, it definitely, I felt like they were definitely trying to hide, you know, empty seats. Um, they were announcing it as a sellout. Yes. But they had that, you know, arena pretty dark. Yes. So um, it definitely felt like they were trying to hide the fact that it wasn't really a sellout. So I'm sure they had to comp a bunch of tickets because we heard like up to like last week that they were really struggling to sell the tickets. And I mean, it, I feel like it's due to their own fault. They, they, they just weren't booking this card at all. 
But that being said, this crowd was like into every match, and I think it really added to the pay per view mm. overall. So, um, but a, a decent opener, a decent opener. So, um, next up we had the battle royal, twenty women, um, and Nia J- Jax got the win. Yes. Um, so I enjoyed this battle royal also. A lot of times, you know, I, I enjoy royal royal rumbles, but battle royals are usually clusterfucks. Yeah. This wasn't, though. I thought this was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had some sloppy moments here and there, but I thought it was a fun battle royal. I mean, they put it together where there was always the main focus was in the center of the ring. Yes. You know, everyone else kind of stayed out of the way and it didn't look too chaotic where you could kind of tell what was going on and what you really should be focusing on. And I felt like everyone got a moment. Um, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, the... Hall of Famers, if you will, or all the returners kind of got, you know, tossed out right off the bat, um, except for um, Ivory, who <laughs> lasted, God, almost the whole thing. To the thing, top five. Which I was, I was okay with. I, you know, she deserves, she, I don't feel like she gets the credit that she deserves, um, you know, being, you know, one of the mainstays mm. on Glow, and I don't know, she was kind of the template of what a female wrestler should be. She was kind of that bridge between, you know, being a diva but also being an old school like female wrestler you know from the 80s so and she was such a solid hand you know back in the late 90s she would carry a lot of those you know women's wrestling matches you know where she was kind of wrestling against lesser than opponents Mm -hmm. you know who really you know have a lot less ring experience so and she would carry them to good matches. So I was I was glad, and she's in the Hall of Fame now and everything like that. I felt like it took her a little too long to get there, but I was glad to see her get some spotlight. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun. I thought it was a fun battle royal. Um, I, I'm not happy about Nia Jax winning. <laughs> I mean, I went to Oscar. Um, I know you were predicting Ember Moon. You know, I would have been fine with that too. I just feel like we've seen this storyline already. You know, we've yeah. seen Rhonda and her go at it. And they're so wish-washy with Nia Jax's character, always. Like, she'll be face, she'll be heel. Just whatever the place they need her to be. Yes. And I don't want to see that kind of character with the title right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it, it seems like, and I did not watch Raw this past week, but it seemed like they kind of teased maybe her, like, teaming up mm-hmm. with, um... I just uh, Tamina. It. Tamina. Um... So it tells me if she is teaming up, she kind of like won her the match, you know, against Ember Moon this week. Mm. So it feels like, okay, is there a heel turn coming? You know, and I feel like it's obviously going to happen. I did like the moment at the end of the Battle Royal where, you know, they interviewed her and everything. And she seemed like actually moved by everything that was going on. You could tell like throughout this event, like how much this pay-per-view meant to a lot of the women, which was cool to see. Um, it was a big deal to them, mm. it, and it felt real. So um, I thought that was awesome. You know, and I, I mean, you know, once again, I, I will say that I mean, I think it was one of the better like WWE pay per views of this, this year of so this far. Year. Yes, but I I gotta Absolutely. say, I enjoyed this from like top to bottom. I really did. Um, so moving on, um, but still, I would have much rather seen. <laughs> God, that drives me crazy. I knew Asuka wasn't going to win this. No, I knew. But I just, I don't know, man. It just drives me nuts. I just was hoping for a new face in the in the title picture. Yes. And I guess you're not going to... 
it still would have made sense though because I don't know like I don't know who like I feel like Becky and Charlotte's storyline is coming to an end so I feel like that would have set it up more you know with you know Asuka having the title shot mm. but whatever you know I, they're just not invested in Asuka anymore for, for some reason it's, I, I don't get it but Next up, what do we got, Christian? Uh, we have Tony Storm going against Io Shirai uh, for the Mae Young Classic Finals. Amazing match. Yes. yes. Uh, anyway, I, I told my girlfriend, are you ready for some real wrestling? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they delivered. Absolutely delivered. Yes, this was a great match. They got enough time, which I was excited to see. Um, I like that they started off with the mat game. Um, and they, you know, showed us wrestling. You know, we got some nice chain wrestling. Um, the two women showing each other up. I thought that was fun. Um, but you know, I, I thought their styles complemented each other. You know, um, I I like that. Eo is it Eo? Yes. Okay. I I man, she is smooth in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, were they calling her the genius of the sky the air or the sky or mm-hmm. something? Um, I'm sure it, it sounds prettier in, you know, Japanese. Japanese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but she, I mean, she moves like it. She really does. She, what was it? She pulls Kota, Ibushi's fucking uh, moonsault out the corner, mm-hmm. onto the outside, beautifully. Yes. It was so smooth. Yes, yes. Her transition, you know, to the top rope and everything is perfect. And then she gets per- the perfect amount of air on that. So I mean, it, it was a great match. I was I was actually surprised to see Tony Storm win, just because I know like what a big deal it was for them to sign Io. Um, you know, and it felt like you mm-hmm. know she would be it would be another case of her just missing it again. Um, but it the match the way it was booked and the pacing kept you guessing. Like I I felt like I couldn't predict you know the winner at all. Um, you know, and there was a lot of cool, like, little, like, you know, near falls that happened. Um, just some really nice spots, you know, but it, the match made sense, you know, where they were going, everything, like, mm-hmm. everything had a purpose. Um, and like I said, it was paced so well that it really kept you in it the entire time. So, and you, I felt like you got to see, like, their complete arsenal and what they could do in the ring. It was a real nice showcase for both women. So and I know Tony Storm is now going to be part of NXT uh, UK UK yes. and she's they're going to skyrocket her right up to the title immediately. I'm so, wondering how the UK thing is going to work because you know if they're going to get over enough in that NXT UK they're just going to move them to you know the states. Mm. So I'm curious to see how that works. And has that started yet? Yes, it's already started. I gotta I gotta start watching it then. Um, I don't know. I more I don't know if it's just for like. <laughs> The people that have the more open contracts, or... Well, it seems like a lot of the UK wrestlers, they have these contracts where they can actually work other Mm -hmm. programs, but they still, you know, know, owe a certain amount of time, like, to WWE, but they allow them to work other promotions. But now with, like, them actually having a weekly show, I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I know... um, you know, the UK wrestlers that they had in NXT for a while, they were kind of like, okay, we'll show up, like, you know, whenever you need us, but then we can do our own thing. Um, I'm sure there was probably a list of promotions they couldn't work for. Hmm. Um, but, you know. Do you think this is their way of grounding them more? Like, having a show that only runs in the UK area so that they don't have to... 
No, I'm guessing probably because they don't really give a shit. I'm sure they're pay they're probably <laughs> paying them, you know, not much. Um, I'm sure it's more of just trying to exploit that market, you know, to get eyes on them because mm-hmm. it is hot over there, you know, in Europe right now. Um, there's a lot of, you know, great promotions popping up and everything, and it's getting a lot of buzz. So I'm sure they want to be kind of on the ground floor of all that, you know, um, you know, or just capitalizing on that because mm-hmm. it's been happening for, you know, a year or so now. So um I don't know. I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure, you know, what they're... Because it is a little weird, because I feel like they would definitely, you know... Once they hit a certain level, they're going to want to bring them over to, you know, the WWE and sign them to the main roster. So we'll see how that works. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, great match. Um, I liked everything, too, like the pomp and circumstance after the match, you know, with, you know, Tony Storm getting the trophy and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, There was some nice sportsmanship in there. I don't know. It felt like a real, like, thing. You know, <laughs> not some predetermined match. Yes. You know, she seemed generally like excited to win and everything. So I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good moment and everything, and it it fit perfectly in this event. So uh, next we had Natalia, Bailey, and Sasha going up against the Riot Squad. Now this is one of the matches that I had the biggest problem with because I felt like we've seen it mm. multiple times on Raw over the past year. Um, but that being said, I thought it was a decent match. Um, I would have much rather seen a one-on-one match either between like Sasha Banks and you know Ruby Riot or you know Bailey and Ruby Riot, um, you know or Sasha and Bailey, yeah. <laughs> so, but that being said, I thought it was an entertaining match. Mm. It definitely got way more time than I thought it was going to have. Yes, yes, it wasn't your standard fare mm. for Raw where you get like they were they were getting maybe like five minutes, so they gotta actually work a match and everything. I mean, there was a few miscues here and there. You know, it wasn't flawless. But, you know, I thought the girls all, like, complimented each other in the ring. And everyone got their time in. Um, I really enjoyed, um, oh, God, I always fuck up. I always want to call her Mandy Rose. and it's not. Oh, Mandy Liv Rose. Morgan? Liv Morgan. I, got, I feel like she's coming into her own. And she's mm-hmm. actually, like, you know, getting more into her character and figuring out what that character is. Um, you know, and I felt like she kind of shined in this match, yes. you know. There was definitely a lot more Liv Morgan that we've been seeing. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I love that they all came out as horror characters. I thought that was awesome. Mm. Um, you know, we got Leatherface, Jigsaw, and Pennywise. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and then we, the, the other set of heels did that, right? In the beginning, uh, Mickey For... James and Alicia Fox, they were, and uh, Alexa Bliss, they were all Alice in Wonderland characters. Oh, the heels were all dressing up that. for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they they mentioned Alice in Wonderland for Alexa when she came out, but they didn't say it for the rest. Yeah, Alicia had the clock and everything. I didn't like, put that together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was fun though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, decent match overall though. Um, I'm glad that they were at least on the pay per view because mm-hmm. God, we were like, what the fuck are they going to be doing? We were hoping that they'd be uh, going after tag titles. Yeah, that should have been a tournament for tag titles. Yes. <laughs> but they're planting signs, apparently, in the crowds now, um, demanding uh, women tag titles. So they're definitely on their way to giving it, mm. you know, giving us those. Just hopefully they don't look like the universal title. I don't understand why they feel like they have to go through this, though. <laughs> like, they feel like they need to, like, plant, like, their own buzz, like, to start their own buzz for some reason. I, don't I feel like there's buzz around it already. I felt like there was buzz way before they even yeah. started to think about it. 
But. So <laughs> you don't have to manufacture buzz for that. Like, if you're a fan of, you know, these women, why wouldn't you want to see tag titles? Mm-hmm. And now they're at the point where they got a big enough roster to totally pull it off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it'll hurt anyone. It'll give them more storylines. So and they've already I, established a million teams at this point. Yes, exactly. And I think they're doing that on purpose. Yes. So, um, like I said, I could definitely see Tamina and Naya, you know, being a tag team, mm-hmm. you know, after this little feud with Ronda is done. So, um, all right, moving on. What do we got, Christian? We have Shayna Baszler going up against uh, Kyrie Sane. All right, thoughts on this match? It was, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them go at it multiple times now. I think this is their third match or fourth. It might be their fourth, yeah. Um, I'm happy with Baszler winning. Uh, it means that she's going to be on NXT for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the first uh, two-time champ. Is so she? Was, yeah, they, they made that abundantly clear. Oh, okay, because I wasn't sure if um, Ember had had it two times or if Asuka had had it two times. Well, Asuka never lost, so no. Okay, so she True. Had, she had it the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I did like um, the match. I um, but beyond that, I mean, I don't see it as their greatest one. I still their May Young Classic match will always be my I think my favorite match of theirs. Okay, so I enjoyed the Takeover match, but I never saw the May Young. Mm. So I enjoyed the Takeover match more than I enjoyed this match. Um, I I think the outside interference of the Horsewoman. Yes, that I, brought it down for me. Yes, definitely. I think it downgraded it a notch. You know, because I feel like the you know the two I don't know their names off the top of my head. I do not know their names. So the two horses <laughs> I feel like they're not necessarily ready for prime time yet, you know, and kind of showed, you know, the way they're interfering and everything. I know that they're both signed, you know, I know that they're working in, you know, NXT right now. I don't know if they're actually on the main roster, if they're just kind of, you know, training with mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, so it just it felt a little, I don't know, choppy, a little awkward at times. Um and I don't mean to sound like choppy when I'm trying to explain it. I don't know how I feel exactly about this match just because of that finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everything up to that point was fine for me. I was enjoying it. Uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. It was definitely a good match. I mean, I yeah, no, I enjoyed both of them. So well, the finish did bring it down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I was fine with, you know, uh, Basler winning the belt, though. Mm. I thought that was fine. I thought that made sense, but I don't know. I don't know. Just I, I'm just not ready to see them as like a faction, faction yeah. at this point. You know, I didn't like that the ref didn't raise her arm to see if it would fall. <laughs> what did he say? Just nitpicking. The ref didn't raise her arm after she passed out to see if it would fall back to the ring. Oh, did the ref do it? No, she just like saw that it was down, and just. I think we it talked off. about this before, though. They're not going to do that anymore. I know. You want the three count? Because back oh, in the day, you'd yes, have to I drop. Their the hand one, would have to drop. Yeah, one, two, two three. And, and then you, get the, you get the hugging <laughs> finger. Yes. And the, <laughs> the no. Yeah. Nowadays, we have things like UFC. So yes. we know that that's not realistic and they're not going to, you know, throw that in our face. Uh, I watch WWE for real. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, my God. Going back to the Tony Storm and Io match, yes. um, she broke wrestling physics. She was thrown against the ropes, and they were doing the oh. Io like dive down, and instead of jumping over her, she actually changed direction. Yes, <laughs> and bounced off the other ropes, and you know, 
kicked her in the fucking head. I was like, holy shit, that's wrestling. And then she just broke every law in wrestling right there. So I was amazed by that. I've never seen that spot before. Mm. So that was pretty awesome. I want to see more of that. <laughs> You're not allowed to break the I'm rules. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally, it just, I was astounded. <laughs> that is wrestling physics. You have to keep on running. Like, that's amazing to me. So anyway. <laughs> So next up, we've got the SmackDown's Women's Championship match. Yes. Becky Lynch defeats Charlotte Flair to retain the title in a last woman standing match. Match of the night? Yes, absolutely phenomenal. God damn, this was a good match. I mean, to me, this might be match of the year. Um, This was probably my favorite WWE match Mm. this year. Um, They left everything out there. Everything clicked. Um, you could tell they just know each other so well. Mm. Um, I loved the, just the way the match was worked. I mean, it was peaks and valleys a lot of the time with this match. Um, but they definitely, you know, knew how to stretch those moments out um, to make everything mean something. Um, it was hard hitting. It was vicious. Um, it just, I mean, their chemistry is so fantastic. Now, I know they've been working together for a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. throughout their careers, but this past, like, month or two, um, I feel like they just know each other now in the ring. I mean, it, it just, it really showed out there. So, and I, they just got enough time. They got enough time, finally. Yes. You know, it wasn't rushed. I mean, I know a lot of people were upset that this wasn't the main event, and I understand why, but... Man, we still got an awesome mm. match. You know, and I didn't know who was gonna win this. I really did. I wouldn't have been surprised if Charlotte would have walked away with the title. Um there's you know, some after... big moments there where I thought she was <laughs> going to. Yes. Like after when she rises from all the rubble, I thought at that point yes. Charlotte was going to win, but Yeah, so Becky buries her underneath everything and then Charlotte has this really cool moment where she like digs herself up and, you know, Basically, you know, unburies herself from everything. Um, and she's got this, like, look on her face. Like, and Becky looks terrified. Mm. <laughs> so I thought, okay, Charlotte's going to win this match. Which was great heel work from Becky at that moment, too. Or she looked cowardly at that point. Yes. And there was, uh, there was a few moments where Becky, like, actually ran and everything. We're seeing that from her. You know, she's working as a classic heel mm. here. Uh, she doesn't insult the crowd enough, I don't think. Um, but my God, she is the most over wrestler in WWE right now. Um, I feel like she gets the biggest reaction. Mm. I I don't think you could even I don't know. I mean, like her and Ronda are like neck and neck, honestly. Um, and I think Becky has the edge on her, honestly. Um, just the crowd is so into mm. her, you know, and just throughout this match to the point where you feel bad for Charlotte because <laughs> she's done nothing to get yes. any kind of like what? heat, but whatever. And she's just going up against the wrong person. Yes, yes, pretty much. Um, but man, they just, I mean, everything was working. I, I There was not like a moment in this match mm. where like I was, you know, like questioning a move or you know it, it just felt flawless yes. so i mean they told a great story in the ring too um you know charlotte you know having to like battle you know um you know for her life against you know a monster heel who's willing to do whatever it takes to put her down and becky i mean just literally you know 
throwing her body, you know, out there on the line and putting herself through hell just to keep Charlotte down. I mean, that leg dropped through the table mm. was a great spot. Um, they, I mean, they were using, you know, ladders, chairs. That There was that moment where they were just throwing, throwing chairs, chairs into in. the ring. You know, that's some fucking classic ECW shit there. And I thought after one slam onto the chairs, that would be it. But then mm. then you got both of them got a slam onto yes. the chairs. Yes, yes. Like, oh, wow. Oh, and then the ladder, when um, she ended up, it was a suplex onto the, uh, she used. Uh, it was the Bex bloater onto the yes that's right yes and yeah charlotte fucking hit that edge Mm -hmm. you know with her lower back that looked painful charlotte fucking sells though man i she lets out these screams and these cries Mm -hmm. you know for these moves that makes you really feel everything that she's going through um Man, I, I think the only that. moment in that match that didn't translate well for me was the uh, figure four through the ladder. It felt a little awkward for mm. a second. Like, she wasn't quite sure what she was going to do. And but she, it, moved, it moves past that so quickly. That yeah, well, matter. she pulled an audible, it seemed like, at first, and then she went back to it, mm. and then it worked. So I was okay with it in the long run. But it was, man, great match and a great story in the ring. Yes. So... Uh, this, I mean, this took me right back to uh, Becky versus Sasha with the crowd reaction. Everything just felt right. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, uh, that was like Becky's like big match that really got her the attention. Yes, back in put her on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, the the ending of the match, you know, the power bomb, you know, yes, off the apron, onto, onto, yes, the table. onto the table, man. She took that squarely too. That was a nice fucking bump. Um, and just the look of relief on Becky's face when Charlotte finally stayed down. Um, you know, it almost, at times it felt like Charlotte was a monster mm-hmm. <laughs> that Becky just could not vanquish. And, you know, just seeing her, like, facials, you know, throughout the match and then finally getting that relief of I finally, like, defeated her. You know, she stayed down. It was fantastic. That was a great moment. Um, and just, man, so well performed by Lynch. Just, I mean, you know, both women's, you know, facials throughout this match really put over, you know, what was going on in the ring. Facials are so important in mm-hmm. wrestling, and, you know, and it, it is truly an art form. Um, Rhonda does a great job of that also. You know, her facials are fantastic. Yeah, and we'll get, I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, in but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, Charlotte and Becky, you know, really are textbook, like, on how to, like, you know, get something over using, you know, expressions, your facial expressions. So, um, man, I just, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with the two now. Like, mm. if this was, like, the last, you know, you know, chapter of their, you know, rivalry, you know, at the moment. I mean, I'm sure they'll get back to it, but... I wouldn't mind them taking a break from them fighting right now. And yeah. And uh, Becky go up against someone else. Yeah, well, it sounds like, too... Not to talk too much about, you know, mm-hmm. what we saw in Raw. It sounds like those two are going to be facing each other at Survivor Series. I don't know. Uh, not Charlotte and Becky, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, Rhonda and uh, Becky. Um, I was, at this point, like how hot both of them are and how over they are, I was expecting to see them almost at WrestleMania. Like, I was like, do they, you know, save that for Mania mm-hmm. as, like, a big, like, match? Or, you know, because I feel like they're the two most over wrestlers they have in the company right now. But I guess they're going to do it at uh, Survivor Series. I guess they probably want to leave the ability for title changes to happen at Mania. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess they did this kind of last year where you had champ versus champ. Mm. Um, you know, I was I was kind of hoping to see, you know, like to see team versus team with those two. 
um, I thought it'd be fun to see like Charlotte and Becky have to be on, you know, the same team. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a way of continuing their story, but not having each other, you know, like have to face each other. Um, you know, and you know what Survivor Series is only three weeks away, so it's close. So we'll see like where they yeah. <sighs> it's November this week, man. <laughs> the end of this week is fucking November. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where they go with it. But right now they're strongly hinting that I think it's gonna be uh Becky versus Rhonda. So I think they literally said it mm-hmm. on Raw. But like I said, I only watched a few minutes here and there. So uh, but yeah, so moving on. We had Ronda Rousey, uh, the champion of Raw, um, and their belt's not the call. The women's, it's not the women's universal title. It's no, just no the it's just the women's yeah. title. Raw's women's title. Whatever. Um, I'm surprised it's not the Raw's uh, women's universal, universal title. Yeah, I am surprised too, though. It would make sense, right? Yeah, it's um, So, but uh, as much as that name makes sense at all. Um, <laughs> defeating Nikki Bella. I thought this match was entertaining. Uh, it was definitely more than what I expected. Yes, yes. Um, they did what I think they needed to do by really having it be a two-on-one match um, with Nikki and Brie out there. But I liked how it opened up with Ronda, like, you know, not taking Nikki very seriously. Yes. Um, you know, and it being almost naive. Um and then having the Bellas, you know, work their twin magic and really team up on Ronda, where you kind of felt like, you know, Ronda could lose this match, mm-hmm. um, you know. And there was actually moments throughout where I was like, oh, is she going to fucking lose to Nikki Bella? I was like, is that how this pay-per-view is going to end? <laughs> you know, because I was saying there's no way I could see that happening. And if that did happen, I didn't feel like it was going to be the main events of the card. Um, that being said, just because I know how over Ronda is, I was surprised how 50-50 the crowd was for Nikki. Like, there was a lot of cheers for Nikki going on. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's just, like, there are a lot of, like, Total Diva fans out there, but there was a lot of, like, people who were cheering for Nikki. I just, I didn't notice. Oh, my gosh. Did you not have the sound on? I have the sound on. Really? Oh, there was a lot, a lot of Nikki cheers. There was Nikki chants happening throughout the match. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very curious to me what was going on. I did, I I was like, wow, this is interesting because like on Raws and stuff like that, you don't get that at all. Mm. But there was a it was mostly female cheering for Nikki, um, but there was a lot of Nikki. It seemed like the guys were more into Ronda and mm. the female. There was a, not all the women, but a lot of women were into Nikki. So um, I don't know. I don't know. It was it was it was. I was surprised by that. Because Ronda has been so over. Um, but, you know, the ending happened, and it was the ending I thought had to happen. Um, I'm glad they went that way um, with Ronda winning the match. But overall, I thought it was a fun match. I really didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people were shitting on it. I don't know if it was because they had to follow Becky and Charlotte. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people were pissed off that Becky and Charlotte weren't in the main event. But we know you know, how much WWE has invested in Ronda. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they consider her one of the top stars. So I wasn't surprised at all to see yeah. her out there in the main event. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. What did you think of that? Um, I I mean, I loved how uh, well Ronda was selling everything that the Bellas were doing to her. Yes, and she the entire... made them a legit threat. Yes. 
you know, with the, the way she was selling it. Um, I don't know. Did you think, did you think they had enough time? Did you think they have too much time? I would have, I think the match would have been better if it was longer. Okay. Uh, the fact that it was, it felt maybe like half the time as the match before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it hurt it a bit. I think they probably did that not to expose them mm. that much, you know. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see because the match before, I mean, God, I don't know what the time was on that match, but it felt like it had to at least be over thirty minutes, mm. um, and rightfully so. So um, it's a hard. It was a hard match to follow. It was a hard match to follow. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Becky even commented mm-hmm. on with her little. Uh, I think what was it, Rhonda? Like followed her on Twitter, yes, and then she said, like, "You try, you try." <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I it was it, it was what it was. I thought it was it was I don't know. It was much. It was it was more than I thought mm-hmm. I was gonna get out of this match. It met my expectations and then some at least. So, it didn't damper the pay per view whatsoever, in my opinion. No, no, it I, wasn't like so egregious that it was like, I, I yes, didn't need this. it wasn't like a WrestleMania main event exactly. with Roman and Brock Lesnar where everyone's just shitting on the entire exactly. time. So, yes, those are definitely downer moments. So you know, um. But yeah, it, it it definitely I I thought the pay per view ended on a good note and everything. Um, wasn't a huge fan of seeing everyone on the ramp at the end, heels and faces intermingling mm. and like having this like group huddle. I thought that was a little off, but you know it is what it is. But I mean, overall, like I said, I think it was probably one of WWE's best pay per views. Well, I, I mean, year. I even tried to sit down and think what was better by WWE this year. And I had a really hard time trying to figure out another pay-per-view that I thought excelled as much as this. Didn't bother me as much as this one did. Yeah, yeah. Now, with everything that's happened with, like, Saudi Arabia, I did feel like there was, like, kind of a shadow over this pay-per-view. I wish that wasn't kind of, like, in the background because Mm -hmm. I think it would have been even a bigger moment um, for them. They had to cut the feed as soon as they tried to advertise it on at the show. Oh, yeah. You, there was definitely booze happening, mm. right? When they st- announced it, you heard the whole crowd erupt in booze. Good. I'm glad. Mm. You know, I know, I, I feel like a lot of people will be, you know, outspoken about it. I know a lot of people are unsubscribing. I believe you yourself yes. unsubscribed. Um, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm not, I'm not gonna. Pay. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I need to still see my uh, classic pay per views and matches, but I I totally get it. They're like not I giving said. me enough content to warrant them going to Saudi Arabia to warrant them to me just to forgive that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm a junkie, so <laughs> <laughs> I still live for this shit. But I don't have to cover it. I don't have mm. to watch it. You know, I will definitely take this week off. Um, you know, it'll be a nice little vacation for me because there is a lot of wrestling, you know, every week. You got so, New Japan, man. Yes. yes so <laughs> we do have a New Japan event coming up this weekend. So I guess I won't be taking wrestling completely yes. off. But, you know, it'll be nice to have a break from the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, that being said, we will talk Raw next week. Um, but yeah, I continue the it. saga of Dean and Seth. Yes, yes. And SmackDown. And we'll see where they go with that. Good for Daniel Bryan, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, taking a stand taking himself off the show. I think that's awesome. Um, I, it's, you know, and good for Cena, you know, um, you know, I know he's probably protecting 
himself. partially his, you know, Hollywood career and everything mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, he's one of the guys who can get away with it. I think Daniel Bryan's definitely going to have blowback from, you know, the company um, for taking a stand. Um, but he's still going to be a big part of the WrestleMania. So oh, he will because be... he's over. But I think we could see him get buried for the next month or so, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, fine, whatever. I'm glad that he stuck to his guns and his morals, you know. And I know a lot of guys on the roster, it sounds like, want to do the same, but just didn't have the clout to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, you know, too bad. So. Wait, what do you have? Uh, Daniel Bryan do a Royal Rumble, but he's the quickest eliminated this year? Oh, God. I, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't. So. But uh, that's going to do it for wrestling this week. Yes. All right. So moving on. Yes. The fight continues, though. That's right. We're going to have a different kind of battle royal now. So as a little Halloween extra, we thought we would go ahead and have our first annual Horror Monster Battle Royal. So what we're going to do is we are going to both draft our favorite horror movie monster team to do battle. Um, We will go one after another, alternating picks, um, and we will argue what team would end up winning in a, you know, blood feud, if you will. Um, You know, balls-to-the-wall battle. So, we haven't really discussed any of (laughs) (laughs) how this is going to work. We're kind of winging it here, so bear with us. concept we came up with this week. Yes. I thought it would be a fun idea. But you know what? Start off, heads or tails, Damon? Uh... I don't see a coin in your hand, so I have the I have the websites that do all. Okay, but I need to see the actual page, Christian. Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like that, Christian. (laughs) No trust. All right, I'm gonna say heads. Let the heads roll, Christian. How do I know this isn't rigged? Tails. Hmm. You know, really, we have to have a computer to fucking do the go first, Damon. No, no, Tails. Tails, you go first, Christian. You won. <laughs> Fair and square quotations. Ooh, I have any Now, that I can this is going to be any horror monster through the history of film. Yes. We are drafting five per team. From Nosferatu to fucking Chucky. Anyone. So, go ahead, five per team. You have the first pick, my friend. I'm going to pick the Xenomorph from Alien. Okay. Alright, so you've got the alien, the xenomorph. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Pinhead. Alright. I'm gonna pick Pennywise. Mm, Pennywise was definitely on my list. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jason Voorhees. Alright. I'm gonna go Pyramid Head. Pyramid. Pyramid Head. Yes, he's from Silent Hill. Oh. Which was also turned into a film. So yes. You cannot tell me that I can't use A it. sucky film. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck your pick. <laughs> Pyramid Head. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't even know his power sets. Uh, he is just super strong. Uh, and his main goal in life is to kill other sinners and monsters. And uh, rape other sinners and monsters. Rape? Yes. Wow, we're throwing rape out there. Okay, this is getting heavy. Um, 
So, so far, your Japanese picks... horror game, man. It's <laughs> there's got to be rape. I don't know what that means, but okay. What? Okay. So your picks are Xenomorph, Pennywise, and Pyramid Head. So far, I can't believe you wasted a pick on Pyramid Head. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Pinhead, and I've got Jason Voorhees. Hmm. And you can tell we're winging it. Um, I am gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna go Tall Man from Phantasm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Was that that's a, a hard, No, that's a hard man to fight, though. Yes. <laughs> Interdimensional alien taking over the world. Lots of weird little minions and cloaks running around. Those spheres. <laughs> God, the spheres. Uh-huh. Um, I think I need a paranormal-type character. I think I'm gonna go Valak. Ooh, nice. That's a good one. I definitely thought of Valak. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Getting down to the wire here. You okay. have two picks I left. I have two picks left. Okay. Let's see. So. I am going to go. God. I hate to sound predictable, but I'm going to go Freddy. All right. I, that's gonna. I think that's gonna balance out Pennywise. But go ahead. Well, see, I, I have to. I have to think now. Do I'm I? I'm thinking defensively now. Mm. So <laughs> there's strategy happening. Well, speaking of strategy, do I pick a strategist? Do I pick okay. someone with a plan now, or do I pick another heavy hitter to fight back? Okay. <sighs> Is this your last pick? This is my last pick. Someone who could wrangle all of these guys together to make a perfect plan to neutralize. Sounds like you already know who you're gonna pick. (laughs) (laughs) Damon, who were your choices? One more time. My choices so far are Pinhead, yes, Jason Voorhees, Tall Man, and Freddy Fucking Krueger. That's those are really hard (laughs) people to fight against. Um, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to go with Michael. Michael Myers, okay. Is your thought process that it will counter who? Like, is that a defensive move? That's more defensive. Someone who will be able to definitely come back. <laughs> okay. So my counter to actually one of your picks and just a badass all together, um, the demonic uh, demon of vengeance, Pumpkinhead. That is my last pick. And that's going to go after your uh, Xenomorph. Why do you have to block this? <laughs> it's all about strategy, man. It's all about strategy. So, in a battle, I want to hear your argument for your team winning here. So how are you even going to stop my pinhead? <laughs> right off the bat. The only one I could see even standing a chance against Pinhead <laughs> at the moment is Pin because Pinhead's not going to fear Pennywise. No, whatsoever. No. If you could some kind like somehow like get in tune to like Pinhead's like human side, I guess, but I don't see how that like would even work. Uh, maybe Pyramid Head could take the damage. And just go after him. Because he's just a tank at this point. So Pyramid Head, did he used to be human? No. Okay. He's, he's pretty much demon. Is he just full demon? Okay. 
But like Pinhead was like the master of demons. So wouldn't Pyramid Head just be a minion? Another Cenobite for like Pinhead? He's like a good demon. He's a good demon? He only takes out some. <laughs> That's a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I think you lost this when you said pyramid head, Christian. I think I lost when you said pinhead. <laughs> I got tall man. I mean, whose power set is almost unknown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but I feel like the xenomorph could attack. You got tall man. And survive. I think... I. First of all, uh, yeah, you got alien versus alien, basically. <laughs> you know, but my alien can think. And he's got those creepy little bastards in the robes running around. Yes, but my alien is a master hunter. Harvesting corpses. Absolute master hunter. Yeah, but it's, it's tall man. He's got his orbs. He's got his little, like, trolls. I don't know, man. Do you think tall man could sense those animals? Oh, yeah. And you, we, you definitely picked Xenomorphs. people I did not expect you to pick. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep me Yeah. You thought I was gonna go like Leatherface, you know. Oh, I, I didn't think you were gonna like, Guys with, you know, knives and shit. Because like, I kept yeah. arguing. The only, the, the muscle I have is Jason. Mm. That's it. That's my muscle. And he's good muscle. Yeah, he's good muscle, but, you know, he's just that. He'll be a pawn for everyone else. So I got thinkers on my team. I got movers and shakers. Yo, these guys are talking about world conquest. So you're mm. talking fucking pyramid head. <laughs> That's all. You I'm don't know say. anything about pyramid. I know enough. <laughs> I know enough. That's all I'm gonna say, man. Is this over? Are you tapping out? I I might have to. I'm trying. <laughs> I I don't have a good argument to fight pinhead. Uh huh. Let alone, well, I, I, I still think the Xenomorph could take out Tom. I don't think so, though. I think you need an army of Xenomorphs. If you're talking about the Xenomorph from Alien, there's no way he could take out Tall Man. The thing's just a beast. You know, I mean, Tall Man's gonna outthink it. He can no. take it down. If Ripley can fucking take down the Xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a badass, don't get me wrong. Tall Man can take down the Xenomorph. I mean, I might just have to give this one to you this year. I come up with a better plan next year. Okay, fair At enough. At this point. <laughs> I'm not afraid to tap when I've been defeated. All right. So are we going to let people vote Oh, yeah. They, they can still vote. Okay. If All they right. have better arguments than Christian okay. at, 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 at one at night, you know. If you can defend Pyramid Head, please let us know. Yes. <laughs> we'll put it out on a poll. I don't know how we're going to word it or how, <laughs> how we're going to make that work, but we'll figure it out mm. social media-wise. And we will definitely discuss your decisions uh, and your thoughts. Yes, yes, exactly. Hopefully we'll actually have people commenting on it and explain yes. you know, their <laughs> thought process. But, uh, yeah, so look look forward to that poll. Um, enjoy your Halloween. Be safe yes. out there. Um, hopefully you enjoyed Horror Month. Mm. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, yeah, right? If you hear anything about a dude walking into houses, like those, bring your bring your child inside. Lock the doors. <laughs> you know, they might not want to cancel Halloween, but you need to cancel Yes, Halloween. yes. I think we've learned that lesson yes. from uh, Halloween 2018. <laughs> <laughs> bring your kids inside, people. <sighs> the candy's not worth it. Yes. 
All right. I think we have some shout-outs for this episode. We do have some shout-outs uh, <laughs> before we move on too quickly. Uh, first, we're going to shout-out Boobies and Newbies. I just wanted to say Boobies. Uh, <laughs> the hilarious podcast hosted by Real Kelly Ray that asks novice romance readers to think outside, and this is quotations, dick in a box. So uh, go ahead and check them out on all your favorite podcast forums. Uh, next up, we have a whole network we want to shout out, uh, 8mm Network, and they are from Ireland, Ireland's oddest podcast network. Each month, our cabal of like-minded degenerates strive to bring you odd tales, manic rants, and general mayhem in audio form. So go ahead and check out all the fun shows on 8mm Network. Um, next up, we have uh, Cheaper by the Dungeon. Um, you have room for at least one more D&D podcast in your subscriptions, right? We play D&D 5E and podcast it. Check us out on Spotify. Um, and last but not least, Jupiter Boys. Brotherly love podcast featuring nonsense. New episode every Saturday. Um, go ahead and check them out on all your favorite podcast forums. It's one of our favorite listens. Yes. And you know what? Check out our network. The DCP. Drama City Productions. Right. Some awesome podcasts up there along with us. Go ahead and give all those awesome podcasts a listen. Yes, I think there's even a couple more shows on there nowadays. Yes, yes. Our boy Seamus is relentless. (laughs) (laughs) He's like Michael Myers with his podcast. So I believe he's got a... Crime in Movies and also the classic original show that I think you heard a promo uh, a couple weeks ago. That's right, that's right. Seamus does awesome work. Go ahead and check out his podcast. Yes. So, and uh, make sure you check us out. Yes. We are going to, I'm going to just say it, we're on all the podcast platforms at this point. Are you going to stop yourself from naming everybody? I'm going to stop myself from naming it. it. Because, I mean, I think we just tried to put ourselves on more. And we were actually on the podcast. (laughs) forums already so that's crazy uh it's it's, it's getting nuts at this point um, yes we're everywhere just type us up, uh, up in the google machine and you google will find us. up on your if you have your podcast app just open it type in the name amazing nerd show or hey put christian and damon yeah i think you actually put christian and damon. We're, we're getting there we're getting there the more you guys listen the easier it'll be to find us you should if you want to find us you can find us yes so uh we're also on all social media yes so uh follow us on instagram follow us on facebook follow us on twitter um that's the best way to get in touch with us um we're putting up different content on each of those sites so definitely we're worth the follow hmm. i um, mean just like this um horror battle royale we just had it you're going to be able to vote on it on our Twitter. That's right. That's Make right. Make sure you're following us. Yes, and maybe I might be able to figure out how to do it on uh, Instagram, too. On, on Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah, so. I think I, Instagram we can put it in the store. We yeah. need to discuss Yes, this. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that off mic. Yes. But yeah, so strategy will be off mic. But yes, definitely give us a follow. You will definitely have a say in exactly. our Battle Royal. Um, but yeah, that's... I, oh, make sure you also subscribe, rate, and review us. Yes. All right. We definitely need your feedback. It helps the show, um, especially on iTunes. Go ahead and, you know, give us that love and, you know, you'll hear more of us. So, exactly. um, And if you want to hear more of our entrance, make sure that you check out Greb Redman. Yes, that's right. He just dropped a new song today. Go ahead. Follow him on SoundCloud. Check it out. He's also on Instagram. Yes. 
And then the song that you're listening to right now, of course, is by Them Guilty Aces. Yes, who also has new content out right now. They just put out a new video I think exactly. last week. So go ahead and follow them on YouTube. Download the music on iTunes. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out a show. Yes. So, uh, is that going to do it? Do we That's cover everything? Do it. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> That's what I call a solid outro. That's right. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. Whew. Have an amazing Nerdoween. This has been a Drama City production. As a matter of fact, it was.